Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second episode of Paper Talks. My name is Stefan Pryor, Senior Product Manager for Packaging at James Cropper. Today, I'll be joined by Avelio Matos, Charlotte Keesing, Kirsty Taylor, and my colleague Trisha Hartman. And we'll be discussing how the last 15 months has reshaped the consumer's perspective on luxury packaging. Before we get into the detail of the discussion, I'd like to give my guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, starting with Charlotte. Hello, I'm Charlotte Keesing. I'm a director of Walpole, the UK's Association of British Luxury Brands. Hi, this is Elio Matos. I'm the host of Package Design Unboxed and creative collaborator with IDPDirect.com. Hi, I'm Kirsty Taylor, marketing director at the Lakes Distillery. Hello, this is Tricia Hartmann. Uh, I'm the uh, global packaging uh, lead at James Cropper. Hey, thank you. So we're here today really to talk about how the last 15 months has uh, reshaped the uh, consumer attitude to, to packaging. And so I want to kind of cover topics around sustainability, the impact of the pandemic and people's perceptions on hygiene within packaging, and also how you can design circular economy into, into the packaging um, products. So we'll kick off and say... Um, in the post in the post COVID era, um, Charlotte, you know, has has there been a um, has the concern for eco credentials um, been put on the back burner with with a lot of luxury brands, or is that something that's still very much at the forefront of of packaging design? Still very much at the, the forefront, and you know, we see just thinking back to, to life pre pandemic, if we can all remember that far back, we were already seeing a groundswell and a movement from from customers wanting to be able to make more and better sustainable choices. But through the pandemic and, and now, hopefully coming out of the other side, we've just seen an acceleration there, and customers really, really having greater awareness of their impact, wanting to make better choices and really wanting brands to transition more quickly to providing different and sustainable options for them. And we've seen this evidenced in the research, this consumer research from McKinsey that we profile in our most recent sustainability report that we published um, back in June this year. Um, and let me put out a couple of the kind of key facts for you that I think provide that evidence. Um, from the research, we saw that nearly 90% of consumers believe that more attention needs to be paid to reducing pollution and two-thirds see it as more important to limit climate impact in the wake of the crisis. So we're really starting to see customers kind of wanting to engage. Uh, 50% of consumers also support lifestyle changes to reduce their environmental footprint post coming through the crisis. And over 63% of consumers consider a brand's action on sustainability as an important purchasing factor. So I think that really kind of paints the picture of the customer insight. Um, we do tend to see the focus on sustainable purchases tends to be more US and European focused. Um, and then another data point that I really wanted to kind of put out for the session today that I think is um, very kind of really kind of highlights the importance of the conversation about packaging is that 79% of global consumers say they include sustainable packaging in their purchasing decisions. So I think that the case is absolutely there. Um, the customer wants to have um, packaging that is more sustainable and that, that gives them and helps to take some of the, the kind of, you know, the guilt away, as it were, that is a kind of more conscious choice and enables them to make better choices. Yeah. Okay. You think as well, that because um, I know I do this, um, but the fact that everybody has so much, there's a lot more transparency. So you can, if you're in a store, you can actually, if you come across a, a new product, a new brand, you can actually find out a lot about them, not just from the packaging, say, but by going on your phone and going online. And do you think that kind of 
is influencing luxury brands in particular to, you know, focus on, on the, not just the packaging per se, but the, you know, the provenance of it and, mm-hmm. and kind of the purpose of why they're doing some of the things they're doing. Definitely. And I think, you know, kind of transparency has been one of the, the watchwords over the last couple of years. And I think what is, is terrific in terms of the, the communications piece is, is businesses are much more willing to talk about the fact that they're on a journey. Um, you know, we started to, to first do some work in this area probably about 10 something years ago. And, and brands were less willing to talk about progress. They were kind of you know, fearful of being uh, highlighted for where they, where they weren't making the progress. But I think that's changed now. Businesses are um, brands are much more willing to talk about journeys, about action plans, progress, and just be more transparent about that because we are all on the journey. This is all about transitions towards a more sustainable future, and you know nobody has all the answers yet, and it's moving so quickly as well. Um, but I think what you do see is is all business, certainly from the Warfare membership community, you know, all the businesses are wholeheartedly putting so much effort towards their sustainable transitions. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned there the Walpole community. Have you got any really good examples of, of members that uh, have either, you know, done something here and now or have kind of developed that roadmap yeah. in the future? I think we have so many examples and, and I would be here for the whole hour, which would be totally unfair on all the other brilliant speakers. Yeah. <laughs> and what I would, but I will happily happy share a couple. I mean, in terms of packaging, a couple of examples that um, we can pull out. And packaging is, is one of the dominant conversations across our working groups. And it has been since we started them in September last year. And we dedicated a big part of the report to, to kind of packaging progress. Um, and we certainly see this, whether you're a retailer, manufacturer or brand, really innovative approaches and, and, and um, strategic and, and systemic approaches to, to driving change, particularly around packaging. A couple of examples, Harrods, um, one of our, our brilliant Walpole members who've been really instrumental in the work. Um, they have a goal to reach 60 to 100% recycled content across all of their packaging and introduce packaging that is 100% recyclable. H Beauty, their beauty product that launched, um, beauty kind of retail experience that, that launched earlier this last year, then again this year, um, they're going to have recyclable bags which are all paper and made with them. Um, they have this kind of um, brilliant uh, woven uh, rope kind of handles. House of Hackney we've seen as another great example one of our interiors members and um, they have transitioned to using biogradable sugarcane plastics for fabric rolls which is serious, making a huge impact on their, on their packaging reduction their plastics use as well. Mulberry we know a great example of using recycled coffee cups to produce their paper um, and some great initiatives around reusable packaging but also the transition to refillables for a lot of our, our beauty brands as well. So there are so many examples and I would I would be very unfair to, to, to provide more but that's just a few highlights of some of them. That's great. Um... I think I'd like to bring Avilio in here because um, recently LVMH, the um, you know, the famous luxury um, French uh, maison, they've um, introduced a or oh, they've committed towards a, a Pack for Good initiative, which is a program that's encouraging all their um, all the houses within their group to move towards a minimum of fifty percent recycled preferably with 100% recycled at some stage. So again, we've seen a little bit of a roadmap. So, you know, what are the challenges for some of these brands who maybe are a little bit further behind in the, in the process of adopting these kind of sustainable goals uh, in designing that kind of recycled element to their products? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's interesting as you're talking about it, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, if I'm a smaller brand or I'm a brand that's, that hasn't quite moved forward in this uh, 
uh, in this area, it is a challenge, but then at the same time, it's also an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity to learn um, from these other brands. And even when we're talking about 50% recyclable content in their packaging, you know, obviously, you know this, um, being in the paper industry, uh, you know, being a leader in the paper industry, the fact that the more recycled content you have in there, the more challenges you might have in that paper. Um, so you start limiting yourself in what types of paper you're able to use, what types of board you're able to use. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that a lot of the brands are starting to deal with is, uh, you know, EPR, which is the extended producer responsibility. And um, what this is really going to affect is the fact that they're going to be at some point financially responsible for their packaging in terms of paying for uh, the recycling of it. So, you know, if I'm one of these brands that is trying to increase my recycled content, increase the recyclability of my packaging and having EPR in the back of my mind, it becomes a really simple answer, which is to reduce the amount of packaging that you're, that you're putting out there, because the more you put out, the more it's going to cost you just from a, from an EPR standpoint. Um, so, you know, what are the first things that you can start eliminating tissues, um, you know, labels, all these little accessory details in the packaging and really creating a more almost minimalist yet uh, more luxurious experience, right? If we can get more quality products in the paper wrap, if we can get a quality um, texture on the bag handle, you know, all these different details now become that much more important because they become the focus. So I think for these smaller brands, it's about seeing what the larger ones are doing or these brands that haven't quite moved, moved ahead in sustainability, see what these other brands are doing, see what is working, um, what isn't working and start building a plan today. I, I think if, if I can, I guess, support you, you on that view, I think, you know, from, from all the evidence that we're seeing, um, you know, whilst there's a lot of great intention from the consumer, you know, where the relevance of that intention actually drops into the purchasing hierarchy and the decision-making process is very, very variable still. Um, the one thing that isn't variable is wastage. And I think there's a very clear consumer behavior that's already kicked in that the consumer predominantly just won't accept wastage anymore in packaging. And I guess, you know, in, in the UK, I'm not sure about the States or other international markets, but in the UK, you only need to look at like the confectionery market and what's happened with Easter eggs over the last sort of five years, which has fundamentally flipped um, on its head in the sense of, you know, the media, the consumer, the trade customer base just would no longer accept the excessive packaging that was going into those products. And they've done a, a very good, very effective job. You know, the, the argument was always about product integrity and the protection of that Easter egg. And actually what they've proven very successfully is that they can redevelopment, redevelop it using recyclable products, uh, protect the product integrity of the Easter egg itself and, and deliver on a very loud consumer message where they the consumer just wouldn't accept that level of, of wastage anymore. And I think... To exactly your point, um, you know, it, it is a journey that everyone's on, but minimalizing wastage, eliminating the very obvious 
parts of um you know product presentation um you know is the very start of that journey that's already very live because the consumer just won't accept it anymore that's a great point as well and what i'd add to that you put it beautifully kirsty is that kind of what's valuable to the customer now and how has that changed you know if you think perhaps you know and, and maybe you know, 10 years ago, what the kind of luxury packaging experience was, you, you almost kind of have to kind of disregard that and think about what it is now. And actually for the customer, they don't want to be overwhelmed with, with lots of excessive packaging, or they want to have the choice as well. So um, I think it's just going to remind ourselves what's valuable to the customer today is, is, is key in thinking about the packaging piece. The, the, the really big contradiction that I see in all of this is... Um, you know, I do, I fundamentally support what I've just said in the fact that the, the, the consumer won't accept wastage anymore. And yet, let's look at what's happened in the last 15 months and the, you know, categoric rise in online trading and the amount of wastage in packaging that comes through e-commerce and the whole dispatch of an online order. You know, it's almost the ultra, ultimate contradiction, but it just you know, it's just a highlighter that actually there are other very important things in the consumer's purchasing behaviour that jump around in terms of where they sit on that hierarchy and level of importance. So, you know, it is constantly a moving feast. And I think just as producers and suppliers, that's we all need to be aware of that, but just keep the dynamic and the journey moving forward in the right direction. Absolutely. I think um, it's funny because I'm a designer. So, you know, I, I live and breathe sustainable packaging. Uh, I'm talking to brands every day about uh, what is and what isn't. And, you know, looking at from the consumer perspective, um, you know, consumers don't really know. They're trusting the brands to tell them what this is. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to minimize the packaging. But like you said, Kirstie, like at the um, two weeks ago, I received a box of cookies and the box is gigantic and it's, you know, 200, there's 12 cookies and it's about 200 pounds, um, what these 12 cookies cost. And the packaging was overwhelming. It was, but it was, it was large and it was all these layers and it was so beautiful, you know, and I feel like a hypocrite because I'm enjoying the entire unboxing and I love it. And it's so memorable, Yeah. but at the same time, there's so much space in here, but at that price point, if it came in a small little box, a little small little tin, it wouldn't feel substantial enough. So I think and I, and I guess, you know, that. That, that's where as a, as, a, as a brand owner, I guess I sit here with my brand hat on and as a, a brand owner, you know, it's a real, um, it's a constant it's a constant challenge trying to meet all those needs. You, you need, you know, especially in the world of luxury goods, you know, you need the experience to be multi-sensory. It's got to be visual. It's got to be, um, you know, touchable and very tangible. It, you know, it needs to delight every aspect of the sensory experience that consumers expect from the world of luxury goods these days. But there are these constant pull factors of wastage versus credentials and certainly you know what we've always tried to do at the lakes as a brand is is you know we are a very young business and a very new brand into a very established world of luxury whiskey and and you know when we started on this journey we were very aware that the, the packaging credentials of the luxury industry at that point in time were not fantastic 
And, you know, we are from the Lake District, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. We very openly, as part of our brand, talk about our environment being our source of inspiration. We're a very creative whiskey maker. Um, and actually, from a brand perspective, it would be very contradictory to start moving in a very traditional way for packaging of, of certainly very premium spirits, which was with, you know, high degrees of foiling and varnishes with very, very poor recyclable credentials. And, and we set out very much with the intention because our local environment is so important to us, and it is a national park and UNESCO World Heritage Site, it was only right that we have that at the core of what we do. So where we need that unveiling experience for e-commerce packaging, all we can really do is, you know, set out with the best of intentions to find, you know, ideally materials with recyclable content. If that's not possible, then it must be a recyclable piece of packaging. And, and you can, you know, you can only do your best within the confines of what the supply chain and, and the packaging industry is able to provide. But it is a very frequent issue that we face into in the sense of, We'd like to do one thing, either the supply chain isn't quite ready to, you know, to, to provide that to us. Um, but yeah, you can't ignore the fact that the environmental credentials and the sustainability credentials is only one part of a decision making um, process that the consumers after, you know, the, the taste of the liquid, the, the, the weight of the, you know, in, in the world of spirits, the weight of the bottle you know, has a huge impact on the consumer's perception of the quality of that product. Well, that is quite difficult and tricky to manage from an environmental perspective, but, you know, you can only do your best. I think um, just coming back about the, the wastage aspect that you, that you mentioned, I think that's kind of accelerated people's thought process on wastage because a lot more packaging has been coming into people's homes. But in terms of how the last 15 months really has reshaped the luxury sector. I think one thing from our perspective is that there's a lot more collaboration. You know, we always look for partnerships and to work with people and develop new innovations and ideas, but actually, you know, just as an example today, we're all talking from different parts of the world and having more conversations about some of these consumer attitudes um, and working with people we might not necessarily have worked with pre pandemic. So that's something that's come out of the last 15 months i would say um and you know from your perspective trisha you know we've been working a lot more with with different people from around the world that we perhaps wouldn't have connected to in, in the first place but we've got examples of collaboration like with the walpole um walpole yearbook packaging so i don't know if you want to have a talk through that yeah, so so the, the goal at the beginning for, for for that collaboration and finding papers that switch to the demand and align to what's go currently going on in the in the packaging and in the sustainable world, uh, we were looking to provide a hundred percent post-consumer waste paper to, uh, to IDP to make uh, the boxes. And uh, I, I know as well, Evelio, you, you work on that uh, to avoid any glue and any use of any other material than only paper. So, uh, so, so, so that was really a, a challenging 
starting point and uh, we needed to have a deep black paper because this is exactly what we are just saying we are, we are speaking about uh, the perceived value that the customer do have from a packaging and we do not want because it is recycled and so on that the perception uh, is is going is poor or is not not so so good so uh, so yeah the challenge was really providing 100% post consumer waste but keeping a high level of of the end product which was then uh, a black a deep black paper and uh, and then, yeah, IDP has transformed it, has embossed it in, in, a, in a very nice manner to enhance the paper again. And at the end, we, we have a, a really beautiful packaging made out of post-consumer waste uh, using no ink, no glue, uh, and yeah, fully sustainable. So we can really say it's possible to, to meet all, all the challenges uh, at some point. Uh, but yeah, we need to make an effort for that. It, it, this is not just easy for anybody. And at some point, I do see some brands, ah, you know, they come back, they have to make the choice. Okay, let's go for post-consumer waste. Okay, we are all aligned. And then all of a sudden, oh, what, what would it be about adding a hot foil or about a varnish or something like that? And then again, we go away from, from the first, initial goal. So what was good in that project? We have had a goal, we followed it, and we ended uh, by, by achieving it uh, in, the right, in the right way. Yeah, that, that's a great project. I mean, I loved working on that on that project with, uh, with Walpole, with Hackney, with uh, obviously Cropper and uh, idpdirect.com. Those guys, um, the way that we approached that, that packaging system was the, the book was so beautiful. The design of the book was so beautiful already. Um, and I think a part of this luxury unboxing is you want to have that final reveal where you don't want the packaging to um, you know, shine beyond the product itself. You want it to be a supportive product. So with that box, um, you know, we wanted to still have the unveiling, but we, of course, we're trying to minimize the amount of, of material that's in there. So when you open this box, you know, there's the W, the Walpole W on the outside of the box, which is just debossed. There's no foil. There's absolutely no inks, like you said. And um, when you open that up, then there's a panel inside that has uh, the same artwork that's on the book, but it's been multi-level embossed. So you're getting a lot of texture. You're getting a lot of shadows happening on there. Um, you know, the stars are, are debossed. The um, constellation animals are raised and you're getting all of this different movement. And I think most people will stop at that point to feel it because just as a human, you want to have that tactile connection. You're, I think we're tired of touching glass all day long on our phones when we actually want to feel texture and we want to feel the quality of the paper and the fibers in there. Um, we want to make that connection. And then when you finally open that piece up, which we created a, a locking mechanism, so we wouldn't have to use glue to, you know, to glue this piece in, um, the product then sits inside of there and it reveals it. And it's an easy way to remove that box uh, remove that uh, book out of the box. And then the, the box itself can, you know, you can either keep it. Um, there's a lot of brands think about uh, packaging as a keepsake. I personally, I personally don't view packaging as a keepsake because on a, you know, I always say on a long enough timeline, it's going into the landfill. Mm -hmm. You know, you can only keep that Hermes box 
for so long, you're not going to hand it down to your children or to, you know, at some point it's going to work its way into, um, into the landfill. And just, you know, if we think about it that way, if somebody wanted to keep this wall tool box for years, amazing. If they don't, they can break it down. It can go into any recycling center um, and be accepted. And we, we chose to use, you know, no inks, no glues, no foils, um, just a variety of different things. And then you also, uh, Cropper also has the coating on there, which was the antibacterial coating, which I thought was amazing because from an e-commerce standpoint, we were in the midst of this pandemic and the idea that you can ship something, you know, somebody has touched it, packed it out, but you can ship it. And by the time it arrives to you, it is self-cleaning. The inside of this box is germ-free. It, it really kind of, it really spoke to what the future of sustainable luxury means because as a luxury brand, the idea that everything inside of there is now clean is just technic- technologically kind of mind-blowing, I think, for a consumer. I'd just like to thank everybody your insights. If you'd like to find out more about today's discussion, please visit one of our social media platforms at James Cropper, or please visit our website, jamescropper.com, more information about our own products and services and our own approach to sustainability.